0: In my recent book, Quick and Dirty Answers to the Biggest of Questions, I describe how Creative Systems Theory helps us address all manner of ultimate questions. Big picture concerns that in times past have tended to leave us baffled. In previous articles, I've expanded on a couple examples touched on in the book making sense of free will you can see the link to the article come on stephen hawking the quandary of free will in an apparently deterministic universe and the question of how the conclusions of science and religion ultimately relate you can find the link to science and religion toward a larger picture and how creative systems theory gets us very close with this article i expand on what is arguably the most ultimate of ultimate questions How do we best think about the whole shebang, existence in its entirety? Here creative systems theory would not immediately seem terribly pertinent. Its contribution lies with the human dimension, with who we are and how we understand. But in fact, that is what makes it particularly relevant. Understanding our conclusions about existence as a whole necessarily starts with understanding the cognitive lenses through which we make sense of our worlds. We can't, in the end, know for sure what is out there. Indeed, as philosophers are quick to tell us, we can't even know for sure that there is an out there to know. But there's a lot we can say about understanding and understanding's evolution. Creative systems theory addresses why through history we have thought not just about ourselves but also about the physical and the biological and the specific ways that we have. And of particular importance for these reflections it proposes that there is a lot we can say about how understanding today is changing. Why did Descartes see a clockwork universe? And why before that did people in the Middle Ages see a universe ordered by religious principles? What they understood reflected how they understood. And today that evolution continues. Descartes' clockwork's universe is proving less and less sufficient. Creative Systems Theory helps us understand why and why the world as we are beginning to see it has the characteristics that it does. Creative Systems Theory interpretation starts with the observation that our times are challenging us to think in more encompassing and complete, more culturally mature ways, this in all parts of our lives. Culturally mature understanding is a product not just of new ideas but specific cognitive changes. The new kind of perspective it draws on what creative systems theory calls integrative meta-perspective lets us more fully step back from and at once more deeply engage the whole of our human complexity. Creative Systems Theory sees changes over the last century with regard to how we conceive of existence as a whole in terms of this new chapter in how we understand and ultimately in who we are. Integrative Meta-Perspective replaces Age of Reason formulations in which truth reduced to rationality and simple causes and effect relationships with ways of thinking that are more systemic and also more dynamic. It reveals a world that is more complexly interwoven and often contradictory-seeming and even mysterious than what we have known. And increasingly it is also a world in which change, and often change of a generative evolutionary sort becomes inherent to how things work. We could say a world that is more creative, but as always with creative systems theory we need to be careful with how we use the term. Creative is but a good enough word to describe something for which we as yet lack adequate language. As creative systems theory applies the term, it is not about art any more than science, or the inspired beginnings of things any more than the hard work of completion. It is about formative process at its most fundamental, and its role in how human understanding orders experience. Arguably, when we apply the word creative to existence as a whole, we need to take particular care. In times past, we've tended to make existence, a mirror of how we thought, as we witness with the age of reason's rationalistic lens, or to see the world in terms of denied and projected aspects of ourselves, as we witness with views that denigrate nature, or make it only dark and dangerous. If we're not careful, we can fall prey to a related trap and make the whole of the existence created in the same sense we are as humans fortunately cultural perspective assists us here too its overarching vantage helps us better distinguish ourselves from what we wish to understand and to and to recognize when projections intrude Integrative meta perspectives helps us appreciate the rich interconnections and often provocative generativities of existence as a whole It also hides very different ways the physical, biological, and the human can each be thought of as creative. Just for fun, we can call the encompassing picture that results the big band theory of existence. Polarity, Integrative Metaperspective, and a Creative Frame A simple observation sets the stage for looking at specific changes in our understandings of the physical, biological, and human spheres. Creative systems theory describes how it has been in our natures through history to think in the language of polarity material versus spiritual, masculine versus feminine, objective versus subjective, and more. The theory offers an explanation of why this has been. So, it proposes that what makes us unusual as creatures is our tool-making, meaning-making, we could say simply creative prowess. It goes on to describe how human intelligence is structured to support these striking creative capacities. It turns out that the generation of polarity is inherent to how creative formative processes in human systems work. You can see the link to the article, The Evolution of Polarity. One of the most defining characteristics of culturally mature understanding is that it leaves behind polarized beliefs of times past. This is something we are beginning to see. The best of new thinking over the last century has left behind traditionally dualistic assumptions. This change has been most Striking in physics as of before wholly separate worlds of matter and energy, time and space, and the observer set at arm's length from the observed has given away to, a more, to more integrative ways of understanding. But it has been just as significant when it comes to living systems, as ideas that make cut-and-dry distinctions between mind and body, anatomy and physiology, competition and cooperation, or conscious and unconscious become less useful. A couple overarching polarity-related observations provide particular help when it comes to appreciating how our picture of existence as a whole is changing. The first relates to how it has been our tendency in times past to divide existence itself into polar worlds. We have done it in different ways depending on when in history we looked. We have also done it in different ways depending on whether our basic inclinations tend more toward the material scientific or spiritual religious side of things. In modern times, science has tended to divide existence into animate and inanimate, lumping together ourselves and the creaturely and setting them in contrast to a dead world of rocks and rivers. Religion has tended more to set the human species separate, make it in some way chosen with dominion over the rest of creation. Note that along with dividing existence into separate worlds, we have tended to emphasize the significance of one pole while diminishing or even denigrating the other. With Copeland Street's cognitive changes we come to see existence in its entirety more systemically, more as a whole. We also come to better grasp how the various layers, levels of existence are different. We better appreciate the unique ways each manifests as an aspect of the larger picture. The second overarching polarity-related observation concerns change and just how it happens. Every cultural period has had its creation stories, explanations for how what we see around us came to exist. For the Dogon tribe of Mali, it's the tale of how Amma broke the egg of the world. In the creation story of the ancient Mayans, as told in the Papel Vu. multiple deities came, deities came together to bring existence into being. Later, Christianity had Hebrew genesis. Modern science has its Big Bang. In addition, every cultural period has had its explanations for why things work as they do day to day, both why things change and, too, why they are as stable as they often are, for the whims of gods to Descartes' image of a clockwork's universe. Here, too, past explanations have been dualistic. They posited some separate driving impetus be it in earliest times an animistic force or with modern, more mechanistic thinking, an action with its equal and opposite reaction. And here, too, how we understand is changing. Increasingly, we find thinking that makes change and stability together aspects of larger ways of understanding. Dualistic formulations both of the extreme type that posit a separate animating force and of the more mundane sort that propose separate causes and effects are giving way to more encompassing and systemic ways of thinking. And often dynamic dynamic refers not just to having more moving parts, but to being somehow generative. Change and the coherence through which we identify something as something becomes part of a larger, single, self-organizing picture. Put these two overarching polarity-related observations together and we get a first-cut look at how at our new understanding of the big picture. Our times challenge us to leave behind past dualistic assumptions and polar projections and think in more encompassing ways. When we do, we better appreciate the complex interconnections and dynamic change processes that mark existence as a whole. We also better appreciate the unique ways the various layers, levels of existence, give this more creative picture-expression. That last observation is worth a special note because it implies a further way this picture takes us beyond the usual ways of thinking. It suffices for our purposes to keep things simple and talk in terms of the three levels that everyday thought suggests. There is inanimate creation, there is life, and there is this odd addition, conscious life, including ourselves, and to lesser degrees, other higher life forms. Seen through the lens of culturally mature perspective, these layers levels become fundamentally linked, aspects of an encompassing whole but we also find increased appreciation for how each is different than the others, limited to how we commonly think this result might seem paradoxical. I find the image of Neapolitan ice cream helpful for getting at what is new in this result. Pardon the mixed metaphor, I can't think of a musical analogy that works quite as well. Rather than wholly different categories, we get a reality in which each layer level Is at once the same stuff, like ice cream, and wholly different. Arguably, what we see even stretches this metaphor. The various layers levels are not just different in kind, as with flavors, they reflect distinct levels of organization. The system's concept of Emergent properties helps us complete the needed stretch. Emergent properties are characteristics unique to a set of systemic relationships. In the new picture, each level is defined, separated, joined by an emergent property. In this case, existence in contrast, non-existence, life and the capacity for conscious reflection. Creative systems theory's creative frame helps put flesh on this bare bones description. Creative systems theory argues for a more explicitly creative picture of existence as a whole. Instead of ice cream, the same stuff becomes creation. It also offers a more filled out way to think about different layers, levels of existence, and how they relate. Framed creatively, What differentiates these emergent realities is the amount of creative information each inherently embodies. Each new layer level is distinguished by a creative multiplier or several creative multipliers working together that radically increases the rate at which creative reorganization can take place. In the case of life, this, is, this creative multiplier is natural selection and the learning, adapting capacities that come with life's workings. In the case of ourselves, that multiplier is the option of fresh creation happening with every new aha that arises with conscious awareness and our unique tool-making, idea-making, meaning-making, prowess. The innovations that separate the various layers of existence qualitatively increase the amount of creation formativeness each succeeding layer is capable of embodying, manifesting. The Big Band Theory Let's look more closely at the various layers levels in this new picture. With each main level of existence, the physical, the biological, and the human we see, new characteristics that point toward a more complex and dynamic, more specifically creative reality. In each case we find a deeper appreciation for interconnections, change manifesting as an intrinsic attribute of that system's systemic level's functioning, uncertainty, uncertainty playing a newly integral role in dynamics that can seem contradictory, limited to usual ways of thinking. Let's start with the physical. The most recognized 20th century challenge to the modern age worldview came with Albert Einstein's 1905 elucidation of special relativity. Special relativity provocatively links the before separate worlds of time and space. It was followed in 1915 with general relativity and its more systemic approach to understanding gravity, a phenomena that always before had been thought of as separate and mysterious. Einstein did not consider his formulations a threat to prevailing fundamental assumption. And rightly, both special relativity and general relativity leave mechanistic deterministic thinking intact. But Einstein's physics colleagues and ultimately the general public also rightly came to view these contributions as revolutionary. The early thinking of quantum mechanics presented a more direct challenge. The work of Niels Bohr, along with Einstein, Werner Heisenberg, Max Planck, Wolfgang Pauli, Erwin Schrödinger, Louis de Broglie, Paul Dirac, quantum mechanics through understanding in a shape shifting, often contradictory seeming world that directly confronted deterministic as- assumptions. Waves and particles, energy and matter suddenly became less things than alternative ways of thinking. In quantum mechanics, the answer to the question of which is most real depends on when and how you look. Heisenberg's demonstration that at a subatomic level it was not possible to simultaneously measure position and momentum. His famous uncertainty principle proved initially just as disruptive and controversial. Einstein famously countered in response that God does not play dice with the universe. Contributions at the biggest of cosmic scales would prove similarly radical. Edwin Hubble's demonstration that the universe is expanding required that science abandon its previous picture of a stable, eternally constant universe. Here again, Einstein had to set aside assumptions. In later writings, he described his conclusion of a cons- inclusion of a constant in his early calculations designed to keep the appearance of a stable universe as his greatest mistake. The Big Bang Theory, the idea that the universe in fact had a beginning and a dramatic one followed from these essential observations. In the new picture, creation rather than being either created or timeless and ever-present became inherent to the larger story of existence. A further contribution from cosmology has provided some of the most intriguing inquiry in the physical sciences in recent decades. The recognition that past calculations can't account for much of the universe's makeup has led to search for the missing dark matter and dark energy. One aspect of this search has resulted in particularly dramatic discoveries and presents questions especially pertinent to a creative picture, the phenomenon of black holes. Physicist Stephen Hawking has proposed that matter is not just destroyed in black holes but also released. Black holes emit radiation due to quantum effects at the event horizon. More recently it has been demonstrated that supermassive black holes reside at the center of virtually every large galaxy, and there is conjecture that very small black holes may exist all around us. Might it be that not just the universe's beginnings but also its ongoing existence could appropriately be thought of as creative? Ideas from the emerging sciences of complexity are worth noting both for their contribution to the physical realm's more dynamic picture and for their contributions to common confusions. Chaos theory, the most familiar example, demonstrates how simple equations can produce not only highly complex results, but results that divide prediction. In another way we see inescapable uncertainty. The sciences of complexity let us model numerous phenomena that before have defied analysis, such as cloud patterns, the flow of rivers, and even the shapes of leaves. Because these equations produce non-deterministic results, you have their roots in mechanistic formulations. The sciences of complexity have been attractive simultaneously to those interested in the possibility of new ways of thinking and those who remain committed to an ultimately mechanistic world. I should add one more recent contribution from physics, the phenomenon known as entanglement. It turns out that subatomic particles that are linked by virtue of being complementary can remain linked even when separated by significant distances. The connection is not causal in a traditional sense, and it is immediate, not limited by the speed of light. While entanglement was originally assumed to require proximity, recent experiments done between an orbiting satellite and the Earth suggest that distance is not an obstacle. Entangled links are fragile and easily disrupted, but the phenomena of entanglement has rich potential applications in both communication and computing. It also raises fascinating questions about the nature of connectedness in the universe and just how connected things may be. Let's look now to life. Arguably, biology's new creative. Picture began even earlier with Charles Darwin's 1859 publication of Origins of Species and Gregor Mendel's 1866 publication of his work with pea plants that demonstrated the actions of invisible factors that we now call genes. Evolutionary biology presents a picture of life in which creation, rather than something that happens to life, is understood as following in an ongoing way from the nature of life. Ecological thought, first formally introduced with explorations of food webs and food cycles in the 1920s, added important first further pieces to biology's new picture. Today it is so familiar to us that we can miss its radical significance. Both interconnectedness and change are intrinsic to ecological thought. Increasingly, this becomes second nature for biologists to think in terms of communities and ecosystems and the interplane life cycles of organisms and populations. Neither of these early contributions in biology, at least their beginning forms, fundamentally challenge mechanistic assumptions, although the best of thinking today in both evolutionary and systems biology certainly begins to do so. But new attention brought by biologists to an age-old question confronted the classical picture directly. That question, what is life? A person might think the answer would be obvious for a biologist, but in fact if you ask one he or she is likely to either just look at you strangely or refer you to a philosopher. Historically, the life question has been answered in a couple different ways. Extending Descartes' clockwork's picture people have thought of life as just a very complex kind of machine. Looking further back in history, we find du- dualistic explanations that locate life source in some separate animating force from Aristotle's unmoved mover to in medieval times, a soul distinct from the body that determines action, to more recently with 19th century vitalism, a life-giving energy such as Henry Bergson's Édane Battal. Early systems thinkers, in the middle of the last century, Argue that life is necessarily more than just a machine, and that dualistic explanations more generally necessarily leave us short. They propose that somehow we must understand living systems as systems, integrative, self-organizing wholes. Biologist Wilhelm von Bertalanffy presented his first formal explication of this kind of perspective with his 1940 book General Systems Theory. His thinking emphasized the need for new kinds of concepts if we are to understand life and introduced the central notion of open systems. Open systems depend on a continued influx of matter and energy and maintain themselves in highly dynamic states far from equilibrium living systems eat and expel the remains, with the energy difference fueling the organism's ongoing self-maintenance and self-organization. Von Bertalanffy failed in his dream to develop a formal mathematics of living systems, but the fresh attention he brought to the what-is-life question and his emphasis on the role of open systems each made critical contributions. Later systems thinkers continued to search for ways of thinking that might better address life. Cybernetics, the invention of Norbert Wiener, and a circle of colleagues gave particular attention to feedback loops and other mechanisms of self-regulation. The formal concepts of cybernetics remain mechanistic, but they provide important insights that we still draw on to understand how important systemic dynamics in living systems work. We are also brought together remarkable people from diverse backgrounds in an attempt to push the edges of systems' understanding more broadly. Winner once wrote, We are not stuff that abides, but patterns that perpetuate themselves. The ideas of two systems theorists, Gregor Bateson and Humberto Maturana, have particular pertinence to creative systems theories approach because of how each interpret the role of cognition. In different ways, both arrived at the same critical recognition. The question of life and the question of cognition when we think in terms of cognition at its most fundamental, the capacity to in some way make sense of and act in our worlds, are in the end the same question. Understand, understanding deeply, both agreed, and in the process we have understood life. More recent contributions from biology have added a further important cognition-related insight. In the past our pictures of cognition were centralized, but metaphorically they were Copernican. Brains ran bodies, DNA ran cells, In a new picture, cognition becomes a complex product of the system as a whole. Note that you carry out cells, cells that don't yet have nuclei and thus DNA, nonetheless engage in quite complex cognitive processes. For example, their cell membranes make an array of highly nuanced yes and no decisions with regard to what will be let in and what will not. We are better recognizing how, in a similar way, cells with nuclei, along with Many cells, tissues, and organs of more complex organisms often engage their worlds through complexly networked and often highly decentralized informational processes. Another contribution to life's emerging picture has particular historical significance because it creatively links life and the simply physical. Thermodynamic. Chemist and complexity theorist Ilya Prigogine won the 1977 Nobel Prize for adding a critical missing piece to the recognition that living systems are open systems. He demonstrated how certain non-living open systems could also be shown to self-maintain and self-organize. Prigogine's work contributed to an increasing consensus among scientists that the emergent property we call life, rather than being a rare, perhaps one-off chance occurrence, may be, if not almost inevitably, certainly more readily achieved than we have before assumed. It may be less likely than we have thought that we are alone in this universe. Biology's version of today's more systemically interconnected, often mysterious and contradictory, uncertainty permeated picture has deepened and filled out considerably in recent decades. For example, increasingly we recognize how creatures of all sorts are more complex and complexly intelligent than we have before assumed. We also better appreciate how evolution is as much about cooperation as competition and not just cooperation with one's own kind, but also between species. Think of the increasingly recognized role of bacteria in our own gut. They keep us healthy and we in turn keep them nourished and alive. Of particular significance, the question of what means to think about living systems in living terms is being recognized more and more by biologists as not just legitimate, but pivotal to effective understanding. Let's now turn to human life. I've introduced how creative systems starts out with explicitly creative assertions about human It proposes that what makes us unusual as creatures is the audacity of our tool-making, meaning-making, we could say simply creative proclivities. And it describes how human intelligence is structured specifically to support and drive creative formative process. The theory proceeds to add nuance and detail to this creative picture. It delineates how we can understand all manner of phenomena such as the human experience of meaning how human developmental processes progress, and how it is that different ones of us think and act as differently as we do, in terms of patterns that follow from the ultimately creative nature of human intelligence. We find precursors to this kind of understanding in the best of early thinking in psychiatry, psychology, and sociology. While many of Sigmund Freud's conclusions don't hold up well to modern scrutiny, his emphasis on the fact that much that is most important in being human functions out of conscious awareness had major significance. The old picture tied rationality with awareness and made the two of them together the final seat of choice and purpose. The idea of an unconscious directly challenged these assumptions and with them the kind of thinking that had given us the modern clockwork worldview. understand the history of 20th century psychiatry and psychology as a gradual inquiry all into all that necessarily goes into a more complete picture of human cognition. Key figures include Carl Jung with his special emphasis on the mythic and imaginal dimensions of intelligence, Wilhelm Reich with his focus on the intelligence of the body, Henry Stack Sullivan and later humanistic thinkers such as Carl Rogers with their fresh thinking about human relationships and emotional functioning, and transpersonal contributors such as Abraham Maslow who brought new attention to exceptional capacities in the spiritual dimension. In the middle part of the century the good the German Gestalt psychologist first added formal systems thinking to the human sphere. It was Gestalt theorist Kurt Kafka who gave us the now familiar phrase the whole is larger than the sum of its parts. Systems thinking gained further acknowledgment in psychology and psychiatry through the advent of family therapy approaches in the 1970s and 1980s. The importance of bringing system's perspective to the psychologically is today further supported by advances in cognitive science that have accompanied technical innovations such as advanced imaging techniques. One increasingly recognized conclusion is particularly pertinent to this more complex uncertainty permeated self-organizing picture it appears that conscious awareness, rather than being located in some particular part of the brain, is more accurately an emergent capacity of our neurology as a whole. Where it all takes us, and some important distinctions. To briefly summarize, cultural maturity's cognitive reordering makes it possible to see beyond the polarized assumptions of times past and to think in more encompassing, complex, and nuanced ways. The picture of existence as a whole results as both more systemically interconnected and more inherently generative than how we have thought of things in times past. The worlds of the physical, the biological, and more conscious creatures such as ourselves become come to reflect emergent systemic levels within this more encompassing systemic picture. Creative Systems Theory's creative frame helps bring detail to this way of thinking. Existence as a whole, at least what we can know of it becomes an important, in an important new sense creative, and what makes layers, levels different can similarly be thought of in creative terms. Framed creatively, succeeding layers are distinguished by creative multipliers that produce quantum leaps in the rate at which creative reorganization can take place. This interpretation is different from what we are used to in multiple ways. Certainly, it is different in how it is more encompassing, more of a whole. It is also different in the specific application of a creative frame. I've described how it is different, too, and how it views the relationship of the big picture and its parts. I've used the Neapolitan ice cream metaphor to point toward this further difference. Parts become an expression of something larger, in this case, creation as something creative. But we don't just lump parts together we continue to recognize how they are indifferent. Indeed, we'd better appreciate those differences. In what might seem a contradiction, the same new way of understanding that helps us better see interconnections also helps us more fully grasp just what is distinct and how deep those distinctions, in fact, are. This last difference is something we characteristically encounter with Cult maturity's cognitive changes. Gender, gender offers a good example. Cultural immature perspective helps us appreciate how past assumed polar differences between men and women were based more on projection than on real differences. You can see the article in The Meaning for Love. At the same time, it helps us get beyond the common postmodern assumption that apparent differences are products only of conditioning. It helps us more directly engage what it means to be embodied as a man or as a woman and as a unique man and woman that an interpretation both increases our appreciation of interconnectedness and brings real differences alive provides a good litmus test for its success as cultural mature conception. It's important to distinguish the picture creative systems theory suggests from interpretations with which it could be confused. I think of two basic kinds of big picture interpretations that might seem similar, but in fact which differ fundamentally. Creative system argues that neither kind of interpretation ultimately helps us when it comes to the kind of understanding needed for the future. The first is most common with those of more scientific or rational bound. Here what I've described gets confused with ideas that extend Descartes' clockwork's world to an ultimate extreme. Creative systems theory calls this conceptual error a separation fallacy. Separation fallacies side with the difference half of ultimate polarity. Creative Systems Theory describes how polarity, at its most most fundamental, juxtaposes difference-distinction with unity-interconnectedness. I have noted that many of the examples I have cited conform quite well to a mechanistic worldview. Because they do, they can, and often are, used to argue for more overarching explanation. In this regard, I think in particular of chaos theory in the broader sciences of complexity. I've described how, while well, the new picture they present takes us beyond classical determinism, uncertainty gains an essential role. The underlying equations remain mechanistic. The fact that they allow us to model phenomena we might associate specifically with living processes, I mentioned the shapes of leaves, can be used to argue for the conclusion that we can now successfully describe everything in mechanistic terms. It's likely the major reason that we have found these new kinds of mathematical formulations compelling is that they produce results that remind us aesthetically of a creative picture. I suspect that it is also the case that we would not have made the discoveries without the beginnings of cultural maturity's cognitive changes, but that is very different from concluding that we can reduce a creative picture to mathematics. The debate over whether mechanistic explanation is sufficient continues today, even at the cutting edge of scientific inquiry. For example, both string theory and multiverse theory in physics represent complex formulations that are ultimately consistent with the mechanistic conclusions of classical thought. That they are is part of what makes them attractive to many people. As seen from the perspective of creative systems theory, it is also a legitimate reason to question their conclusions. The second kind of trap is most common with people of more spiritual or religious inclinations. It represents what creative systems theory calls the unity fallacy. Again, you can see the article on polar fallacies. Unity fallacies side with the connectedness half of ultimate polarity. The second kind of trap has a couple of common forms. The first confuses a creative picture with the conclusion that the universe as a whole is somehow alive. This unity fallacy example involves projecting the attributes of one creative layer level, the animate, onto the whole of existence. There is nothing new about doing so. It is common in pantheistic thought from tribal times to Spinoza. Today we see more limited versions of this trap with views that make the whole of the earth as a system alive. More accurately, the earth is a complex, self-maintaining, self-organizing system that includes life as one part of that complexity. The second kind of unity fallacy confuses the creative picture with the conclusion that the universe as a whole is somehow conscious. Here it is a uniquely human characteristic that is projected onto existence as a whole. The idea that consciousness permeates existence in its entirety is common through with New Age thought and with popular interpretations of Native American belief and Eastern philosophy Again, such thinking is not new at all. We find versions with any cultural time or locale where more spiritual, mystical beliefs prevail. Creative Systems Theory affirms that existence is more interconnected than we have thought, but that is not at all the same as concluding that it is conscious. It is important to re-emphasize that Creative Systems Theory does not claim to tell us what is actually out there. Its contribution lies with understanding the implications of how human cognitive processes work. Personally, I'm willing to go a little further. In contrast to many theorists with more postmodern inclinations, I am comfortable making the leap that there is, in fact, something out there to understand. If for no the reason, then that intelligence would have little reason to be if there wasn't. I am also comfortable with the conclusion that ideas such as these that are products of culturally mature perspective take us a bit closer to what actually is. In part, this is because each step in understanding's evolution appears to have done so. It is also because of how integrated meta-perspective produces understanding that is inherently more encompassing than what we have known in times past. We might also expected to be more complete. A place in the scheme of things A creative frame invites conjecture with regard to a related but more specific eternal quandary. Our place in the larger scheme of things. We can put this question in science versus religion terms. From a scientific viewpoint we can appropriately ask, as many great thinkers have asked, are we but a speck in an essentially purposeless universe an odd momentary impulse of no real ultimate significance? Or do we better think of ourselves as God's special children, as most religions through time have somehow seen us? A creative perspective offers a third option, neither quite so random nor quite so grand, but arguably more intriguing. Reframed, the question becomes, what is our place and significance in creation as creation becomes what the scheme of things is ultimately about? The creative interpretation emphasizes that not all creation is the same and proposes that the answer to our question lies in just how this is so. Interpretations of times past have tended either to idealize the human, make us separate and special, or simply lumped us together with life more generally. I've described how our creative interpretation offers that it may be all more like Neapolitan ice cream. Our place in the scheme of things? At the least, we represent a fascinating bit of creative innovation, with the jury far from in on just how ultimately successful. If you want to feel a bit more special, we can claim ours to be a particularly significant sort of creative innovation. We're the only creature, at least on our particular earth, that is not just consciously aware, but aware of itself as part of something that has evolved and continues to evolve. In an interesting sense, through us, creation, not just as fact, but as process, has become conscious of itself. In a way, this interpretation makes our human achievement even more remarkable, but it also makes it more tenuous, more explicitly experimental. It is quite possible that exactly that which makes us special, our great creative prowess, will be our undoing. Our time on the planet has been extremely short compared to, say, the dinosaurs for us 300 years thousand years with civilization, a product only of the most recent 20,000, compared with 180 million years for the dinosaurs. And with growing frequency, modern invention, and human choice more generally, has dangerously two-edged potential consequences. Creative Systems Theory's developmental evolutionary perspective has critical pertinence to the question of what may transpire in the future. In our time, the human creative experiment continues, and in ways that have major implications for its ultimate success. Cultural maturity describes the possibility and necessity of a more aware and more deeply engaged relationship with our creative tool-making, meaning-making natures. Homo sapiens sapiens, man the wise, is perhaps coming to better deserve his audaciously proclaimed status, proclaimed twice over, for emphasis. If the concept of cultural maturity is accurate, certainly our continued creative well-being, and perhaps our survival, depends on it.